Welcome to SJMS Talks. This podcast is published by the academic journal Scandinavian Journal of Military Studies. In this and the next episode, we will discuss Arctic security politics seen from the perspective of Russia and China. Today, we focus on Russia and their ambitions and interest in the Arctic. The Arctic has always been important for Russia. It is the largest power in the region measured in both territory and in military and economic presence. Also, the great exploration of the Arctic plays a central role in Russian national identity formation. To further consolidate its power in the region, Russia has increased its cooperation with China, specifically on infrastructure development of the Northern Sea Route and enhanced strategic research cooperation on dual-use technologies. Most recently, Russia and China have started cooperating on Coast Guard operations in the Arctic. Exactly what this cooperation entails is not clear, but it has piqued our guests' interest. To talk about Russia's role in the Arctic, we have invited Jan Stown, expert on Russia's role in global politics here at the Royal Danish Defense College. Jan has recently published an article with his colleague Camilla Sørensen. Together, they explore Russian and Chinese strategic cooperation in the Arctic. China sees itself as a near-Arctic state, a category that Russia does not see as a legitimate claim to influence. To Russia, the two authors argue, it is crucial to maintain and demonstrate Russian sovereignty in the Arctic. But a rising China is likely to become less diligent in its respect for Russia's need for great power recognition. This will, according to the authors, gradually undermine their strategic cooperation. We are glad to have Jan on board to talk about Russia's ambition in the Arctic, and particularly the latest development in the Russia-China cooperation. Jan does not represent the Danish defense, but speaks on his own behalf as an expert in Russian politics. Jan, welcome to the podcast. Thanks. You worked ex- extensively with Russian history and politics. Recently, you read in the Barron's Observer that China now cooperates with Russia on Coast Guard patrols in the Arctic. Why did the news report on the Coast Guard cooperation interest you? Well, I, I find it interesting uh, and and somewhat surprising, really. To my mind, it's a sign of of increased Russian cooperation. And and the big question these years is whether or not uh, Russia and China are aligning more and moving further towards a sort of a formal military alliance uh, or that kind of relationship or not, uh, and thus keep status quo. Uh, with this strategic partnership and unlimited uh, partnership uh, as they have it now. And in our article, we argue that there are um, there are certain limits uh, to to Russia's and China's unlimited partnership in the sense that uh, that in the long run, they they really want something different. Russia wants a multipolar world order where it's uh, where it is uh, one of the the poles or one of the great powers in the system. Um, they and they they want a, a, a major role in that system, really. And China says that it wants a multipolar world order, uh, but in reality, if you listen to what they in the their speeches and 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 look at where they are striving, they are striving towards a a, a a level where they are on par with the United States and uh, really in what looks much more like a bipolar world order. We argue that basically, as China 
grows stronger and and much bigger and much more uh, economically powerful and socially powerful and military powerful than Russia is, uh, it will be harder for Russia to accept uh, China's uh, increasingly assertive behavior, and uh, and China will have increasingly difficult uh, in in uh, keeping that assertive behavior down. And we argue that one of the areas where Russia will be hard-pressed to give in to Chinese demands, that is, uh, that's the Arctic, because the Arctic is so impo- important to uh, Russian identity and uh, state identity, and especially to Russia's great power identity. In, t- in terms of uh, sheer land mass and in terms of economically or in economic terms and in terms of uh, military power russia is the is the biggest actor it's the great power in the arctic so that's one one of the areas where they can they can fulfill that uh, that uh, great power dream that they have and have been investing so much in in in, in these years and therefore it's 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 uh, it's interesting that they that they seem to to let the, the chinese in really so So this Coast Guard cooperation that they have they have brought on now, why does Russia want that? We we don't know yet what it entails really. Um, the uh, what we've seen so far is a there's a there's been a Coast Guard uh, cooperation memoranda. It's not public yet, but we've seen it uh, 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 talked about in, in the media, and we saw a Vladimir Kulishov, uh, who's uh, first deputy director and head of the Border Guard Service uh, of Russia in the FSB, uh, uh, telling us that the that the memorandum provides for, uh, and now I'm quoting, the expansion of cooperation in the fight against terrorism, illegal migration, combating drugs and arms smuggling, combating illegal fishing and marine bioresources and 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 the rescue of people and and uh, now I, I I I don't suspect that there'll be too much illegal migration in the Arctic Ocean I hope not at least it would be a cold place to be an illegal migrant and also I'm hard pressed to to see any terrorists up there it depends of course of on on how you label terrorism so what really stands uh, Uh, stands back is the is the uh, the coast guard uh, uh, areas of uh, uh, combating illegal f- fishing and and uh, search and rescue and and then patrolling the area and we don't know what it'll entail uh, is it only uh, chinese liaison officers on board russian ships russian coast guard ships is it uh, Uh, one or two coast guard uh, Chinese coast guard vessels a year, perhaps in the in the Bering Strait only, uh, um, or is it is it much more? Will they actually come to patrol alongside uh, Russian ships in the Arctic and gain the knowledge of uh, traversing the the northern sea route and and operating in Arctic uh, uh, naval? Uh, Waters and uh, and and that's the that's the difference and and, and we don't know yet. To to my mind, I'm I'm not quite sure why Russia wants China to be involved in it. But is it because they don't have the capacity to do it? Because I thought the the this the presence up there from the Russian side is is quite they prioritize it. They have capabilities. Mm-hmm. So why do they need to have Chinese on board? Why do they accept it? 
this is not a uh, an economic uh, agreement. It's a, it's a uh, state-to-state agreement, and I I think that uh, the main reason is that Russia is hard pressed uh, because of the war in Ukraine and because of the sanctions regime uh, laid upon Russia by, by the West, and uh, they need uh, China as an uh, as an uh, market for for Russian products, mainly oil, gas, and other energy or or all all in gas-related products, uh, and uh, they also uh, need China for for import. Really, mm-hmm. they have a strong economic interest in in uh, uh, having more access to ch- Chinese markets and uh, ch- Chinese products. We hear in the in the media in in Denmark and Norway and Sweden the last couple of weeks that there's this Russian shadow war going on. I'm 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 curious to to get your take on. Is is that also part of the whole Arctic debate, or is it only a Baltic Sea thing, or or the shadow war? So so how is the shadow war translated in in your mind when it comes to the Arctic? Well, we we've seen incidents in the North uh, North Sea, and we we saw uh, back in November 2021 uh, um, a undersea surveillance network. Uh, for for detecting submarines really uh, had its uh, cables cut and we've seen uh, gps jamming uh, etc when the when nato had its uh, trident juncture uh, exercise back in 2018 and and we've seen other instances uh, like that and then we've of of course seen the north stream explosions in in the, in the baltic sea if if you look at the russian arctic area uh, i i don't see any uh, any interest for Uh, at least for for Russia in in supporting hybrid actions uh, or um, etc. Some years back in in 2019, we saw a a fake letter from allegedly uh, from from Greenland from Anne uh, Lone uh, Baker uh, sent to a U.S. congressman uh, arguing or thanking for the uh, the U.S. Uh, Uh, support for Greenlandic uh, liberation or separation from from the Danish uh, realm or, or the Danish kingdom, um, it was a it was a fake, obviously. But um, we 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 haven't really seen very much uh, on that uh, on that note, especially uh, in in Greenland. And and I I think I suspect that the main reason uh, for for Russia not wanting to to support uh, hybrid actions in in Greenland is is basically that their um, uh, their observation is that if if uh, Greenland is uh, is uh, separated from the Danish realm, then it moves closer to the U.S. and and they will not uh, they will rather see Greenland in a a joint uh, Danish uh, state. Uh, Danish realm than uh, as a new state of the United States. So take me up on the the big political, international political, strategic um, dimension here, and 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 try to give me some 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 thoughts on Russia's overall ambition. It's like, what is it that they actually want to achieve within the next? Couple of years, many years in the Arctic. What are their big plans? The main main interests uh, can be divided in into civilian interests and then military interests. If you take the the civilian interests first, in uh, what they they stated in their Arctic strategies in 2008 and 2013, and 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 in the newest one, uh, it was um, the the main civilian line is to use the Arctic as a resource base, and that means for for the Russian economy, for the Russian state economy. 
around 15% of Russia's uh, GDP is actually produced in the Arctic, Russian Arctic, and about 25% of Russia's exports are, are generated in the Arctic. And and since the um, and that's mainly oil and gas related uh, issues, but of course, uh, fishing is a growing industry also in the Arctic uh, areas, and and uh, rare earth metals and minerals, etc., is, is also a big industry. But um, they also have a, a strong commercial interest in in um, building up the northern uh, sea route, um, and uh, uh, in order for that to be uh, uh, economically viable, uh, and for the in, and in order for the oil exploration and gas exploration to be economically economically viable, uh, they uh, these two projects can can support each other. Uh, so so if they if they want to build up uh, oil and gas industry in the in the Arctic, uh, they they need harbors and port facilities and uh, infrastructure and and uh, and so that's really uh, that's that's one of the 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 other main economic uh, interests there. And, and if you look at the at the military interests, uh, it's um, we've also seen since back in two thousand eight a a um, uh, a major build-up uh, of uh, of uh, Russian military capabilities all along in in uh, in uh, all of uh, Russia, of course, but it also had a had a an Arctic part, and that in the Arctic, Russia's military interests are, are basically or the central the 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 most important one is of, is of course the um, the nuclear uh, second strike capability. Um, Russia has around two two thirds of its uh, uh, sea based nuclear weapons uh, under the command of the northern uh, fleet, and they have their ports and uh, bases on uh, in Murmansk, uh, the whole Murmansk area, the Kola Peninsula as such, and and uh, in 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 a crisis situation, you'd also expect at least some some of the Russian strategic bombers to to move to bases in the, along the northern coast in order to be closer to the u s and it's also the the lane if you if i may mm. that the missiles would fly in uh, in a major war so so Russia needs uh, some kinds of some kind of uh, surveillance or uh, early warning system up there and and those investments that are that are needed from the Russian side in terms of that ec- economic ambition and also the, the the military ambition. What what does it take for them? Is it is it realistic to to make those ambitions come true? I think one of the goals uh, is to expand the um, the number of freighters on on the northern sea route, and they are hard pressed to reach those goals. But um, they have been able to build up their uh, oil and gas industry, and uh, back in two thousand eight and two thousand thirteen Arctic strategies, uh, it was uh, it was basically stated that Russia needs uh, uh, foreign investments and foreign uh, technological uh, know-how and etc. And uh, after the 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 first war in Ukraine uh, back in 2014, after the annexation of Crimea, um, Arctic uh, or Western partnerships in Russian oil uh, energy companies working in the Arctic were hit by sanctions. Uh, so, so after that, they turned to to China, tried for a long time to get China on board, and then uh, after that, they uh, they've tried to diversify it also. And, uh, Get uh, India interested, and uh, we've seen South Korea helping them uh, build up uh, the ports up there. And uh, uh, but but China is, re- is really um, has been 
well, being part, part has is partner in some of the the, the larger uh, energy infrastructure products. There, we've seen uh, a or a two two. Uh, uh, when was that? Uh, last summer, uh, the summer before, we saw two Chinese oil rigs around the Yamal Peninsula. So, but um, as of lately, they've uh, we've seen a. a, a Diminishing interest from from the Chinese side, mainly because they are, I guess they are, um, they are afraid of being hit by uh, sanctions from from the West because of cooperation with the Russian sanctions hit uh, companies, uh, and so so we've actually seen a a uh, first of all a uh, um, uh, not that much interest from from Chinese side in uh, in using the Northern Sea Route uh, as a as a freight corridor, uh, and we've actually seen uh, Chinese interest in uh, um, in building up infrastructure, uh, f- transport uh, f- infrastructure south of uh, Russia uh, along the along Kazakhstan and etc. So everyone in the West is currently speculating on what goes on in Putin's mind. But how is he thinking about the Arctic? Well, I, I think uh, Putin's main interest right now is what is the war in Ukraine, and uh, why it's not going uh, progressing as as he he would like. Uh, I think um, well, they um, uh, once in a while you see him talk about the Arctic, uh, but that uh, last time I think was. Uh, uh, related to Finnish and, and and possible Swedish membership of of uh, of NATO, these are two Arctic countries, so that's uh, also part of the Arctic, of course, and and about the possible uh, future buildup of uh, Russian forces on the on the on uh, along the Finnish uh, border, uh, but uh, otherwise, I, I I suspect that or the the whole uh, Putin and the whole elite are mainly focused on on uh, Ukraine. So we've reached the the, the final questions. We're almost at, at the end. So what are you reading now? What I'm reading now, I'm um, we are starting up a, a new uh, research project on on Russia's uh, military power uh, after uh, the war in Ukraine. And uh, so we're looking into first of all uh, why so the discussion on why so many of the, the Western um, research institutions and NATO as such uh, uh, went wrong in in viewing Russian uh, the Russian military capability. They were much weaker than we actually thought. Uh, on the other hand, uh, Russia's intentions were also uh, on a, on a side on the side from from many partners seen as as, uh, less aggressive than they actually proved uh, to be. Thank you, Jan, for being our guest on this episode of SJMS Talks. And thanks to our listeners. This podcast was brought to you by the Scandinavian Journal of Military Studies. It was produced by Jeppe Tejsker Jacobsen, Rauni Lohme and Sofie Baunheit. Music by Jens Bjerring. SGMS is an online open access journal publishing both high quality research and valuable practice oriented studies relevant to the military profession. This journal is produced and published by the Royal Danish Defence College, the Norwegian Defence University College, the Swedish Defence University, the Centre for Military Studies at the University of Copenhagen and the Swedish Centre for Studies of Armed Forces and Society. Visit us at stms.nu. Thank you for listening.